Golight presents Murder Most Irish. Yes, I did the lottery for tonight, I think. Oh, did you? It's tonight the 12th? Yes, I've done the lottery for the next four weeks. Please, can I tell you, our friendship, all our friendships would be over in three seconds and I'd never see you again. Emma! I'd say, so long, farewell. It was nice knowing you. Best of luck. Here's two grand. Emma! That's not nice. Serious, I'll be gone. Light Uh, of the silvery fucking moon. Do you want to hear something that's not funny but is funny? Go. So I was in work and I was on a call and I was talking to a man who's living up north but isn't from the north. He's from the UK and has like no information about like what happens up there. And he was talking to me about the 12th, right? And he was like, I was like, Mm -hmm. the 12th is just, you know, people get up to all sorts of stupid stupidity. And then this other guy came on the call who lives up there but isn't from there. And you know that guy that like, so you know that guy that fell off the big like pile of pallets and died? Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah so I like mm-hmm. the guy that I was talking to me and him were kind of laughing and I was like like I was just making light of the situation right because I was like I can't really get into like my political beliefs but my political bu- beliefs are of course that that's not culture that is just hate no like, um, yeah. and I there's an argument to say the parades are part of your culture and the bands and all of that but like building 60 foot fires Bonfires. with like effigies of Catholics is not it's just hate. Yeah. It's not culture. No. Anyway, and no. the guy was kind of laughing at me. And then I start, I was like, and then that fucking Egypt that fell off those like pallets, like, Jesus, what was he thinking? And the guy that joined the call was like, uh, don't say anything about him. He's a close family member, a close relative of Stop. my partner. And I was like, and then he Stop. said, no, I'm being deadly serious. And then he was like, and uh, like, it's a real, it's a real difficult time. It's real confusing because like, they beat the record for the tallest bonfire oh! and he died and I was like sorry and I just was like I was so dumbfounded on the call that I just went sorry fuck and, off and I was like can we just go back to what you just said and he was like I was like that is such what a part like an oxymoron like what like he beat uh, we beat the world record but the man died but the man died also also, your pallets and your bonfires have literally got like fuck the Fenian bastard spray painted on them, yeah. and then you're burning them to the ground. You remember that young boy so... who was on the bike in Belfast, and he went missing, and then they found him in the drains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last year there was bonfires with pictures of his face on it. What? Yeah, like they they literally Why? put like random because he's Catholic, so they put random Catholics' faces on him and set them on fire. Dude, what? Okay, y'all need to fuck off. Like, this is ludicrous. But that's the thing about that's them. It's wild. like, yeah, the thing about them is they're just like the people who actively are involved in those bonfires are just scumbags. They're not like, they're yeah, not a representation of Protestants. They're just Mm-mm. scumbags. Mm-mm. Um, Literally, but yeah, that's I all it is like. That's- and then he was like, I'm going to like three different 
bonfires and four different parades. And I was Are like, you? I was like, well done. Have a great time. Best of luck, lad. Best of luck, chap. Enjoy yourself. Uh, anyway, happy 12th. Well, the rest of us are actually having purpose. That's my dad's birthday, so that'll tell you everything you need to know about that day. Is it today your dad's birthday? Yeah, Orange Day is my dad's birthday. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Colleen? Oh, Bobby. Colin's, Colin's, Colin's in a bad L mood. What's wrong with Colin? He's not having He's not having a good day. He's all needs to chill out. Shit work. He's over there yeah, just feeding I, I each other's shit energy. I think we're just feeding off each other's energy at this point. Like, mm. But he did bring me home chocolate. So that oh, what a man. Uh, only because I asked him though. But he did go get me chocolate. It's 70 fucking thousand degrees. Oh, I can't deal with this weather. Here, have you I seen this video it. doing the rounds on TikTok of people asking their kid oh. that they're going out to fight somebody and they've got a Oh, kid yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it with Lily. If you said that to Lily, she'd start crying. She'd start I crying. I did it with Lily and she just went like this. What? And I was like, yeah, so I'm going to go out. And she was like, what do you mean? What do you mean fight? And I was like, like I'm going to like, I have to get into a fight with them. And she was like, no, no. And then she put her hand over her mouth and looked at me to be like, no, mommy. And I was like, all right, I knew then, I knew that exactly how Lily reacted. Yeah, and then Nikita was like, "Do it with Laurie," and I was like, "Laurie would kill a bitch." <laughs> like La- Laurie would stab a bitch. Laurie is my like, niece. For absolutely. anybody wondering who Laurie is, um, yeah, I know that. Uh, I know that uh, Lily would not. Lily would be like, "No, no, Lily is so." We can talk about it. Let's do it by peaceful means. She's just so real orientated. I don't know where I got her from. She is. You got her from Graham Letty. That's where you got her from. Yeah, Mister Fucking Rules. He is super like oh, into the rules of things. Here, why did you, know you put I envy? I envy people. Go on. No, go on. Yeah, envy people. I envy people who have aircon. Yeah, but like you're just a waste of money in this country. Oh, I know, but I fucking wish I was rich enough just to have aircon for two months out of the year. Less. A month. Four days, probably. What were you going to say to me there before I really interrupted you? Why didn't you put a username on your screen? Oh, I didn't even. I thought Colin might have put one because he saw, he saw, like logged in and stuff, so I didn't put one. Okay. I didn't put anything funny today, mm. but I don't even know how to do that. Mine is Shyam, Shyam, she, Colin, she, him. Isn't there a band called She and Him? No idea. What's that band that you're one from New Girl? Uh, no idea. Do you know what her band's called? Is she not I'm in sure a band? I'm sure it's very folksy and twee. Yeah, no, it's it? super folksy and twee, yeah. She's been married so many times. This is not a judgment. But, like, she's been married so many times. Why? How many times has she been married? I think she's on, like, her third marriage now. No, she is not. She's married to this. She is? I think she this is, is her second marriage. She's no, married to the guy from Death Cab for Cutie. She was... I'll tell you now. Hold on. I'm pretty and sure... And she, she used to go like with Jason Schwartzman. What's her name again? I've forgotten her name. <laughs> I don't What's know either. I can't think. It's always hey Deschanel. Deschanel. What Deschanel. Deschanel. Hey there she is. Yeah, she's going? on her third one. She was married to Ben Gibbard from 2009 to 2012 and Jacob Pechenik from 2015 to 2020. And she's marrying this new guy now as well, the guy she's with currently. Is Jacob Pechenik the guy from Decab for Cutie? That shite band. Oh, let me check. You gotta find uh, some time. Um, no you gotta spend producer. some time with me what she did quote with him Gibbard do you know what fair play yeah, Ben Gibbard 
Ben Gibbard. Oh, the effort to get married that many times. Well, she's marrying one of those uh, real estate brothers now, isn't she? Are you Are you like, oh, this one's going to stick. Uh, this, def, this one is definitely going to stick. On your third one? Yeah, 100%. You, like the thing this I, one's definitely going to stick. The thing I don't get, and I'm sure it's like super like LA, right? But I'd be yeah. mortified asking people to come to a third wedding. Absolutely. I'd be like, hey, do you want to spend more money again? It's not even the money thing. Get married I for just a think, third time. I know that's probably, like, that's such an Irish way to think about it, I think. Mm. I like, keep you on like, I'm... I it actually, is, because I think it is a mentality of us to be like, oh, Jesus, no, you only get married, like, once and then that's it. Like, you know, that way. But, like, that's like Tony Hawk. And I watched that Tony Hawk documentary and I was t- like, Tony Hawk has been married 642 times. I find that shocking. That man has been married so many times. Money. Like, and cheated on all his wives. Yeah, of course. All of them. Of course. And then is currently married to one of his best friend's ex-wives. Yeah, that's really weird. But like, is his mm. best friend dead? No, his best friend's mad alive. And, they, and they still, <laughs> are they still best friends? No, they're not still best friends. Oh, okay. So his ex-best yeah, he, friend. He, he, he started stuck in his... Well, they were best friends at the time. <gasps> and, and then he started stuck Yeah. Her. He started stuck in the wife. Here I have, uh, I have, I have a family member relative that. So I think this is weird. So go on. She is married. She's not, but she's in, like she's good as they've been together for I don't know fucking a long time now, like minimum eight years. Um, Civ- what do they say? Civil partnership is that? What yeah, you're right. So she is in a relationship with her husband's best friend, but. And her husband passed away. Her husband died, and the guy that she now like is in a long term committed relationship with, his wife died. Oh shit! And then they got together, and they used to all go on holidays together. That happens a lot. Like that does happen a lot. Like people end up in relationships. Yeah, that's quite common. People end up in relationships with their like partner's best friend because it's like they have a common ground or they have like or another thing that happens a lot that is when women's like say there's a woman and her partner passes away like all his friends start like trying to ride her now I know there's someone that this has happened to yeah. can you text like, me later as, and tell me who it was yeah okay. yeah uh, so as soon as her part her partner passed away horribly unfortunately uh, all his friends were like hey you lonely <laughs> Scum, literal scum, literal scum. Imagine being like my my friend just died, and your husband, who is your husband, and I'm trying to get my hole because I think you're vulnerable, and you'll definitely put out. Well, there, you know that you know that scene in, uh, in Wedding Crashers. You know that scene in Wedding Which Crashers, one? the one where they show up at the Which funeral, one? and Will Ferrell is like, "Funeral crashing's the future." No <laughs> much emotion. <laughs> And then he's just like standing beside the like crying women, and he's like, eh, eh, eh. he's like, it's just wall to wall. I said that to Graham today, and he they was do. like, "You think of the most random things." <laughs> but they do like a lot of people, uh, you know, see people's vulnerability at times like that, and are like, "Oh, I'll definitely get get me hole in here." Like, I get the hole, scumbags. Like you scumbags. And the last last thing most women are ever thinking about when something like that happens is sex. Yeah, or ever like being with I'm another standing, man because you're you know, so devastated you're so devastated yeah I don't know, but maybe some people do do that maybe that's what they need That maybe they use that to like 
not feel yeah, not with your that. not with your dead husband's friend no no that like no do you know what I mean not. yeah no. but like men think that men are like immediately like the amount of, I always read those am I the asshole threads on reddit we could do a whole show on am I the asshole threads but like loads of people do them so I don't want to do that I have I no idea like, what you're talking about oh am I the asshole so A-I-T-I it's basically A-I-T-A it's basically have you ever seen those posts on they put them up on tum- um, Instagram where it's like am I the asshole I married a woman and now I'm fucking her sister blah 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 blah. am I the asshole like they do this big long story of this terrible thing they've done or this terrible thing that's happened to them and they're trying to figure out if they're the asshole in the situation you have to ask questions um, you are the asshole yeah like the amount of them that I read and I'm like I wonder what That's, mine you know, would right, be. Remember, remember that story about the girl whose whose boyfriend was cutting up slugs and putting them in her food. Yeah. Remember that story? That's from Am I the Asshole. What? That's what that's from. Like she wrote in being like, "Am I the asshole?" And people were like, "He's trying to, to kill, kill you. you, you insane woman." Yeah. So like loads of those stories. I'm I'm like obsessed with them. But some of them are so dark, and some of them are so fucked up, and some of them show how messed up people are like and how dark society is because they're, the, they're these totally normal acting people they're like I have a totally normal life I have a totally normal family and then they drop this thing on you and you're like what? what are you doing? what? like it's crazy Um, but yeah those those am I, am I the asshole stories sometimes make me lose the will to live I, I stopped reading them a while ago because I was like people are doing really messed up stuff behind their, their like significant other's backs like, I'm going to go look for an am really I the asshole shit. story tonight yeah they're really dark. Um, some of them are nice. Some of them are like, and then a lot of the time you see them, people help them on Reddit. They're like, this is what you need to do or this is what you need to do. Aww. You know, when they get help and then they, then they do updates and they're like, I left him, I left her, I'm done, blah, 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 blah. But there's this one that I read a while ago about this guy and his wife got diagnosed with breast cancer and he wrote in this, am I the asshole story? <laughs> Basically being like, am I the asshole? My wife has stage three breast cancer and she's lost her hair and I'm not attracted to her anymore. And I just feel like as a man, I need to be with somebody that I'm attracted to. So I want to leave her. But like, I, you need to understand it's because I'm not physically attracted to her anymore. And I was like, what the fuck? Sir, I hope you get hit by a bus. Yeah. Like you walk out onto the street tomorrow morning and a bus rams you out of it. Your wife gets better from cancer and rides everything around her. Yeah. But yeah. Like and expect and then expected people to be like, yeah, totally, man. You're not the asshole. And was there anybody that was like, yeah, no, I get it. No. Everyone was like, you are a piece of shit. You are a garbage human. Yeah. But like, if you think about it, he was thinking those things and not saying them to his wife and just put, and then went on the internet and said it like. Yeah. Mm. I'm wondering what I could, what, what I asked. As like, my mother, as my mother says, you never know anybody. No, you, you really never know anybody. Kat, you know, Kathleen's just a crazy old bitch, Emma. Yeah, but you never know anybody though, Sarah. It's true. Like you can, you, you know, you hear stories about things and you're like, that, that person, them, they're like the last person you would ever think would do something like that. Yeah. You're like, what? You know yeah. what I mean? Because you don't really know somebody like until they do a really fucked up thing. And then you're like, oh. like the amount of people that have partners that are like watching fucking child porn and shit. Yeah, you well, know what I mean? And they don't know. They've no, they've no idea. Like that shit, that shit cray. It cray. Cray cray. Um, but yeah, go read Amma the Asshole stories and be like, oh, really mad like me. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about any housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. Oh yeah, and today um, the Guardi released or are trying to get any more information that they can into Antoinette Smith's death because it's her, the 35th anniversary of her murder. 
that woman has been dead for 35 years and they still don't have anybody for her for her murder it's fucking crazy um but yeah there's there's loads about it up about it you know the whole vanishing triangle thing yeah i think they're trying to trying to get more information about it but and they've gone over to france for sophie who the guards oh yeah i saw that actually the guards yeah 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 um but there's so many of those unsolved deaths especially of women who are just randomly raped, murdered, and dumped in the fucking Wicklow Mountains. Like, it's mm. crazy. The fact that we definitely had a serial killer in Ireland, like 1,000%, we have a serial killer in Ireland. But um, yeah, if anybody wants to read up about Antoinette Smith, please do, because it's really, really tragic, and her family are really trying. But I don't know. You never know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, they got the fucking, much call him the... He, that's, what's his name? Hysteria Rapist. for years. Yeah, they got him. Like, mm-hmm. and nobody ever thought they'd get him. So, you know, we, you we never got, know. You gotta have hope. You gotta have friends. Um, I have no other housekeeping. I don't think nothing has happened. Nothing is going on. Um. Oh, also the the there's something wrong with this Teespring thing. I've emailed them to try and figure out what's going on, but I've no fucking clue. So I will try again tomorrow and just be like, "Hello, can someone help me, please?" I find um, Teespring so happening. complicated. It's, 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 you know what it is? It's fine when, when it's working. When it's not working, goodbye. So I'm going to email them again tomorrow. I'm going to try and get them on the live chat because there's a certain time you can get them on the live chat. Oh, okay. So I'm going to try and get them on the live chat tomorrow and be like, please help. So that's the reason that a lot of the merch is down. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but hopefully I'll get that sorted before the weekend. So I really want to buy, um, I really want to buy the MMI glass for my desk. Yeah, now. well, I, I'll, tr- I'll try my best to get it sorted before the weekend. If anybody, because I know somebody messaged you, Sarah, if anybody's, Trying. I'm very, very sorry, but I'll try my best to get it sorted. And when we get it sorted, uh, she's just the best, lads. She's the best. I don't have anything else. I have no other information to talk about. I don't think so. No, nothing's really been going on, hasn't? We haven't been on anything or talking to anybody. No, Uh, we haven't even been going anywhere. Doing it. It's 22 degrees in this room. I'm going to kill myself. uh, Will someone come and spit in my mouth seriously and give me COVID? Because I. uh, How do you deal with this weather, Sarah? Me, I just uh, yeah. wear. Well, I'm not you. You wear like the most ridiculous clothes for the weather. No, I'm wearing appropriate things today. I'm wearing, you like, wearing? a pair of like, uh, they're like, um, j- uh, not leggings. What do you call them? Jeggings. Uh, like kind of like uh, <laughs> jeggings. Uh, that's the one. Uh, and then a little top. Like I'm not. I am honestly. I'm. I'm. I'm dressed for it. I'm just fucking. So I am also. Um, it, I'm in my fertile period. That's probably what's going on. Oh, that could be. A... Here, my, um, last Army Hammer like, has come out and said that's not him. I am not working in a hotel. It is him. And um, why is he lying? It is him. Yeah, Don't be accountable. And said it's not him. It wasn't him. He also him. said he didn't need people. It's him. It looks exactly like him. Yeah, maybe it's just crazy. someone that looks exactly like him. Maybe it's someone like that's related to him. Maybe it's a deep fake. You know one of those deep fake things. Do you ever see those deep Which fakes on? Me? Yeah, they like read, and I get really they confused. Scare the fuck out of me. Like um, I can always tell when it's a deep fake because there's something dead about their eyes. But whenever I see deep fakes, I'm like, this should not be allowed. This should not be allowed. Like you could, you know what they were doing, which is fucking disgusting. So you know that girl from Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. They were like because they couldn't like, you know, because she was underage they can't obviously do anything sexually with her, but what they thought that would be a great idea would be to deep fake her face onto a porn star. What? And make porn with her face on it. Why? Yep. What? Yep. 
People are yeah. disgusting. And I was like, you're all disgusting. It's like when they had that countdown clock for the Olsen twins from when they turned 18. What? So they could just, you know, stop feeling like the pedophiles that they are because they were 18. Yeah, there's a countdown clock online where it was like countdown to the Olsen's 18th birthday. This is yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah, because it's like, and then they do, because they're like, they were not pedophiles. No, no, you are. Like, you are. You're a pedophile. You're just making yourself feel better about being a pedophile. But yeah, that's all the lovely stories that I have. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> I had a lovely story today. The world's a nightmare. There's terrible things happening, but you know what? It's fine. Can I just say, though? Go on. <laughs> I read a story today that I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do about it. I don't know. I'm just going to say it because I'm so angry at it and so seethingly angry. Flavio sent it to me and he was like, I'm sorry for sending you this, but I feel like you need to see it. So... There was a woman in Brazil who went into hospital to have a C-section. Yeah. To have her baby. And the anesthesiologist put her under. And the other nurses and doctors in the hospital were a little bit kind of... They were like, there's something up about this guy. And we don't know what it is. And he seems to be giving a little bit too much anesthetic to his patients. Like it just doesn't seem, you know, all above board. So one of the nurses put a camera in the room and they discovered that he gave this woman anesthesia, knocked her out while she was, by the way, about to give birth and was getting a C-section and raped her. What? He raped her. And that's obviously not the first woman that he has raped while she has been under anesthetic. When she was having a baby? And I was just, when she was having a baby, she was, she obviously wasn't ready to have the baby yet and she was getting a C-section to get it done or whatever. Um, and he raped her. So, you know, I was reading a thing the other day and people were like, this is not all men thing. And I'm like, it's so easy to say not all men when you are literally a woman going into a hospital to have a baby and an anesthesiologist is raping you while you're put out. Yeah. Like- yeah, they got him. He's going to jail. How long he goes for- to jail, I don't know. Um, Obviously, he will never, his license has been revoked and he'll never work in the medical field again. But it oh, just kind on. of stuck me to the floor. Sorry. Oh, Lily is knocking on the okay. door. Lily, come in. Okay. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? Um, waiting. Would you like to talk to people on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Here, come over to me. You'll have to listen to this. Hang on. Say hello. 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 Hi. How are you, baby? I good. You're good. What are you doing? Tell uh, um, Emma she would Emma. Tell Emma that you wouldn't fight with me. I don't want to fight <laughs> with mommy. <laughs> you don't want to fight with her. But she told me. Lily, it was good a trick. job. Well, you know what? It is a trick, and good job, Lily Pops, that you wouldn't fight with her. I'm very proud of you. Hmm. Um, and tell <laughs> Emma about your swimming. Tell her your new information about swimming. Um, I'm going into next level in swimming lessons. <gasps> well done, Lily Pops. That's great. Mm-hmm. Good job. Where's Collie? I don't know, actually. He's gone out of the uh, out of the bedroom. He was here. I don't know where the hell he's gone. Mm. I don't know. But I'll tell him to say hello, will I? Yeah. Right, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Awesome. Talk to you later. Uh, get out of my room. Stop eating my jellies. 
They're not your jellies. They are my jellies. I everything I'm just supposed to mine. Jelly tots. What jellies eat? Oh, jelly tots. Jelly tots. I have no jellies. <laughs> I came home last night and I tell you when I tell you I did the biggest shite I've ever had in my life oh really Jesus I was fucking dead and then I was like all day yet today my stomach was like cramping cause I'm an old lady and I can't eat dairy well I can't I have any dairy I don't think I really paid attention but it's just because I had to get ready for work so I got into bed you were up at ass o'clock dude yeah so I got ass into bed and then I don't know if this is really a story but excuse me for the podcast that I want to share but anyway Okay, go on. I got up and obviously I went straight into work and then I just worked. And then you know the way I like go to toilet at the same time every day? Yeah. I had to go on a call at that time. <laughs> and oh, I was like, no. I can't hold this. Like, I need to go to the toilet. So I took the beginning of the call and I was on the toilet. I was like, I've no other option. On oh, the shitter? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have no other option. And what then did I was, you do to cover the plop? Oh, I just, so like, I, I, Put a load of tissue in the toilet in the paint. Yeah, the, but there was, no, there was no other options. Like it just had to happen. Yeah, it was coming. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and I'm sorry for anybody that's deeply offended by the fact that women poo, but they do. <laughs> like women, women do be doing the shites. And they I do. am regular. Like yeah, you're you're like clockwork. Clockwork. It's probably the Ugh. only thing that works well in my body. <laughs> Like, <laughs> where it's like poop time poop oh time. you gotta poop now okay good um anyway I, Emma that story about that woman is absolutely shocking I know I was just so taken aback because I know these things happen but just the fact that the woman was going in to have a baby a baby and he was like cool I'm just gonna get I'm off gonna now I'm gonna rape this nine month old pregnant woman like a what anyway crash absolute garbage Women need better protection in hospitals massively because stuff like this happens a lot. So, I don't know. Anyway, fuck men. Fuck men. Fuck them. Fuck men. Okay, so I do my story. Shall I do yeah, my story? Do your story. Let's do my story. Yeah, me and Emma okay, did a full 10 minutes of these accents on the point three on. We did. Hi. Enjoy I it. Our love Enjoy Island, it. weren't we? <laughs> You're right, mm-hmm. babe. You're right, babe. He's mugging me off. He's, He's fucking mugging me, me off. off. He's fucking mugging <laughs> me off. How fucking dare he? They're like, oh, you're right, babe. So you want to get some wine? We'll get some wine and we calm down. Yeah. He's fucking mugging me off. Yeah, babe. I kind of, I think I would kind of love to go. Do, I, apparently they're not allowed to get drunk. Well, I, I would say that's that to show. do. Yeah, but I would say that's for one reason and one reason only. So nobody gets raped. Yeah, consent, motherfucker. Yeah, consent. So they're not allowed to get drunk. I just go in the short drink for a Apparently the there's like, um, there's like a, a a room where you go to have sex. It's Sorry? Called, it's like the love hut. Like, so if like, obviously that's, no. and they're like, it's fully recorded. Like, it's fully like, that like, yeah, I was like, what? Imagine me having to go down to Longford and sit, sit Kathleen down <laughs> and go, listen, Kathleen. Now, I'm going to go on the show. Did you see that? Did I send you that video of the girl getting a phone call from her man after she's been out drunk? No. Yeah, so I said, I put it up on Facebook to be like, this is Kathleen after Emma's doing the lives. (laughs) (laughs) The man was like, I got a phone call about you and you were like, (laughs) apparently you were some state and she's like, 
Well, I know, and the girl is like so indignant. She was like, I was no worse than the rest of us. Like, I don't know why anybody would bring. And she was like, but, and she's like, Joanne, do you understand how embarrassing that is? And she's like, Mommy, like, Mommy. Like, <laughs> oh my God, Lily, what? Oh, what's wrong? Oh. Um, I'm gonna kill this child. <laughs> you left the candles in here. Yeah, get out. <laughs> we love you. Night, Lily Pops. Tell her second night. It's nice talking to you. <laughs> I love Lily Pops. Uh, you were the best. You were about to tell me something when I was telling you that about that story. Oh, Sorry, the girl that got the phone call from. Her oh mom. yeah, my 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 mum always says when. <laughs> <laughs> when we're drinking she goes now enough is enough Emma enough is enough yeah enough is enough Emma and I'm like I've had two glasses enough is enough you know you, you need to know when to stop and she's like down in a bottle of fucking Bacardi and I'm like I've had two glasses of wine my mother just thinks if any of us go out on a Saturday night we're eventually going to become uh, heroin addicts mm-hmm. and you know all end up in a, in a home but we're not yeah but you Kathy, got drunk ridiculously quick so quick like is that your medication so I wonder quick. I don't know but I've sorry I've always been like that like always my entire life when I I didn't start drinking until I was like 21 I think and I literally would have like two like I've I'll drink a whiskey and call, like if me and Carl have a whiskey I'm like you I'll drink a whiskey in his room and I'm like I can actually feel the effects of this immediately yeah. like immediately I like, feel it in my head not, you see yeah people will drink and they'll drink like four drinks and they're the exact same I'm like oh god this is yeah. not going well. I, have I drink and I'm like, what? Cheap date. Cheap date, lads. Cheap date. Hey, Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favorite albums but wait there's even more how about mmi drive the fan favorite podcast show where emma and sarah jane drive around dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly ask me our segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two so what are you waiting for come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash murder most irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month give my mommy six euro uh should i do this story yeah we're 37 minutes wait wait till you hear this story now Sarah Jane no well yeah but not hmm, i don't know maybe depends on the old mood but yeah this is a crazy story uh i actually heard about this story years and years and years and years and years ago um, in a book that I read about Irish women. Uh, and it's a, when I think about it now, I'm like, 
it's a very odd uh, story to have in a book. But anyway, um, so my references for this episode are from the independent.ie, Wikipedia, the Irish Times, irishlegal.com, mcgill.ie, uh, nursingcleo.org and the collection.mass, which is like the uh, UMass, UMass's website. And I also got information from a book by Ray Kavanagh. And the name of the book is Mamie Cadden, Backstreet Abortionist. <gasps> so my story this week is about Mamie Cadden. That's what my story is about. So Mamie Cadden, they say Backstreet Abortionist and then Murderer with a question mark because uh, we will have to see what you think at the end of this and how you feel about it. Because a lot of people don't consider her a murderer. So Is this like um, the Dr. Ballyferma that was given all the travellers? Oh, no, no. It's much worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's much worse. Um, so Mary Ann Cadden was born on the 27th of October in 1891 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. She was the eldest of seven children born to her parents, Patrick and Mary Cadden, both of whom were Irish immigrants from County Mayo. Mary Ann was her father's favourite and he doted on her, affectionately nicknaming her Mamie. Patrick was working as a miner in Pennsylvania and his wife Mary tended to the family and the home. So in 1893, the couple suffered a loss, the loss of a daughter at birth. And then in 1895, Patrick's father passed away. So both losses were incredibly hard on the couple. And they were like, fuck America, and decided to return to Mayo with Patrick inheriting his late father's farm. So they just had a shitty time and they're like, we're going to go home. So when the Caddens returned to Ireland, it was a country that was still primarily under English rule. Although Patrick inherited his father's farm, he would only be a tenant on the land with an English landlord. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That was his dad's farm. It's fucking nuts. So in 1911, Patrick was finally able to purchase the land and become the owner and occupier. It was here he would open a small shop selling groceries as well as expanding the farm. So along with the expansion of the farm, the Cadden's family grew too. Mamie would become an older sister to four siblings. So they had seven in total, but two of them died at childbirth. So there was four and Mamie. So it was Michael, Joe, Ellen, Eliza and Teresa and Mamie. So there was five of them all together. The Cadden's were a relatively well-off family and Mamie and her four siblings all attended Lahardane National School in Mayo. Mamie studied there until she was 15 years old, which at the time was quite surprising, as most children in Ireland at this time did not continue their education past 10 years old. Yeah. She was fully, yeah, it's crazy. She was fully literate, as were her siblings, and they all spoke and wrote excellent English and Irish. So they were like very well educated. So Mamie's teachers described her as intelligent and eager to learn, as well as having a temper and being somewhat highly strung. So Mamie had a lot of drive and ambition and although she worked on the family farm after completing school, she did not want this to be her future. Mamie would eventually inherit the farm. But Mamie's father, upon purchasing the farm, had specifically purchased a plot of land under Mamie's name, which did not happen because fathers did not buy their daughter's land. That was not a thing like yeah. to give to them, you know, that way. So her dad clearly adored her. Mamie decided that her dream in life was to be a midwife. Not only did Mamie have an interest in nursing, but the position itself garnered a great deal of respect from people. It was seen as an important position and Mamie liked the idea of being looked up to and admired. There wasn't really a calling there because a lot of nurses are like, I want to help people. Mamie just wanted to become, quote, a pillar of the community. So immediately she was like, I don't really care about helping people. I just want to be, you know, looked up to. 
So in 1925, Teresa, Mamie's sister, passed away from tuberculosis and Mamie decided it was now the time for her to leave Mayo and the farm and pursue her dream. So at 33 years old, Mamie Cadden sold off the plot of land her father had bequeathed to her and used the money to fund her training in Dublin's National Maternity Hospital in Hollis Street. So Mamie's midwifery course lasted a total of six months. That's it. (laughs) Now it's like fucking five years. Six months. And on December 10th, 1926, Mamie Cadden qualified as a midwife. Qualified as a midwife? Midwife, yeah. Like six months all took her. That's really good. Six months. So the Catholic Church was heavily intertwined with the national hospitals at this time. And the treatment of pregnant women and girls was not exactly kind or respectful. Midwifery itself was a profession run independently from nursing and and medicine and many midwives began working in places known as nursing homes. These homes were privately run away from the Irish Catholic Church and in 1926 there were over 50 of these homes in operation in Ireland and women attended the homes to give birth and receive care. I didn't know this. So Ireland in 1927 was a bleak place, with the country having become heavily conservative and the Catholic Church gaining a sort of power never seen before in the country. And of course, it would be women who would suffer from the outset. The Catholic Church wanted to ensure that all medicine in Ireland was operated under the ethos of the church. Initially, the church ensured that they would make contraceptives incredibly difficult to find or buy. And then in 1929, they passed the the Censorship of Publications Act. So this is from Wikipedia. This is what this was. The laws enacted by the Censorship of Publications Act 1929 were introduced in an era of political isolationism and cultural and economic protectionism. Ireland's culture was very moral and religious. Catholicism, the religion of 93% of the population, was the fundamental philosophy behind the censorship laws. A main aim of the new legislation was to prevent the introduction of unwholesome foreign influences like materialism, consumerism and immorality from abroad. Specifically, this meant works that were considered to be indecent or obscene, newspapers whose content relied too much on crime and works that promoted the unnatural prevention of conception or that advocated for abortion. So basically they got rid of every single piece of paraphernalia in this country that could help women find where to get abortion, how to not have a baby, what, you know, your rights are with regards to your body, how to keep yourself protected. They got rid of all of it. Okay. As I said, it was like immoral. So this allowed the church to ban any literature that was seen to be advocating for the use of birth control. This ban meant the people of Ireland would be unaware of what contraception to use and how to use it. As well as this, the church banned any idea of family planning, as well as tampons. What? They just banned, they banned tampons. Because they go inside you? Because it was something, because it was something you inserted inside a vagina. Fucking. That wasn't your husband's penis. Crock of shit. Like a crock of shit. Like, what the fuck, like? Fucking, ugh. Fuckity fuck, fuck. Backwards. So Mamie Cadden became a midwife at a time in Ireland where the church was dictating laws towards women's bodies and the rights they had over their own autonomy. So large families began being prevalent at this time, with women sometimes giving birth to up to 20 times in their lifetime. Graham's... Actively encouraged by... Graham's grandmother gave birth 24 times? Yeah, one of my aunts, that obviously my, she's not, she's my, my aunt by marriage. Her mother has 18 kids. Yeah, like, it's insane. Your fanny, you'd just be hanging off you, like, it's insane. So, actively encouraged by the church to do, oh yeah, sorry. 
Uh, da, 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 da. They were actively encouraged by the church, obviously, to get pregnant that many times and frowned upon if they could not have children or were unable to expel entire fucking football teams from their vaginas. Should also be known that at this time, marital rape was legal yep. and abortion was illegal. The Catholic Church rid the country of safe sex, then punished any woman who fell pregnant, whether it be consensual or not outside of marriage. So with the ridiculous amount of children being born in Ireland, Mamie Cadden made a fortune. In 1931, she opened her own private nursing home in Rathmines named St. Malrowan. Now, so she went to Rathmines and she bought, she got a loan. She bought four houses and turned them into this nursing home. Oh. So Mamie offered, yeah, it was huge. Mamie offered the normal services of a maternity hospital, but it soon became known that she offered other special services. Oh, so As if you were in a bind, she sort of helped... Yeah, she'd sort you out. So as was Ireland at the time, most unmarried girls and women were sent to homes when pregnant and had their children taken from them and sometimes sold to wealthy families. Mamie decided to profit from this and started a service where she would place children that were unwanted with other families. So basically she was saying, if you want to avoid the Magdalene laundries, come here, I'll look after you while you give birth and then I will get your child somewhere safe and to another family. Okay. This wasn't out of the good of her heart. She got paid for it. She was getting paid for this and paid very well for it. So once again, Mamie made a large sum for this, charging £50 for each child. So that's like the equivalent of like two and a half grand now, three grand now. So That's cheap for a baby. People were like, (laughs) cheap babies. So Mamie worked closely with the social worker who would take the baby and place them in the homes of people who wanted children. So she had a whole little fucking scheme going here. Mm. A whole little like thingy going. When word of Mamie's home and the services she provided got around, more and more unwed mothers or mothers who were having difficulties came to see her. Mamie's services were not cheap and she did nothing for free. She asked for cash up front before any procedures would be carried out. Mamie embraced the lavish lifestyle her wealth afforded her. She spent money on designer clothes, she dyed her hair blonde and drove around the city in her red open top MG sports car. So in a poor conservative Ireland, most people did not know to how to react to a woman like Mamie. Yeah. She was loud. She was brash. She was like, I'm here. So in 1930s Ireland, abortion was not spoken about. And as I mentioned, it was completely illegal. So you, it was illegal to get an abortion and it was illegal to perform an abortion. Okay. So basically what the United States is doing right now. Yeah. That's what was happening. So the Guardi had suspicions that someone had been carrying out these procedures, but could not find any evidence. The women of Ireland who desperately needed this procedure were certainly not going to say anything. But in hushed tones, the women of Ireland knew Mamie Cadden was carrying out abortions in her nursing home. In 1935, a law was passed that banned contraception outright. So that was like no condoms, no pill, no anything. So Mamie's business would start to become even more popular. Like was the thing of mine that they thought we'd have to stop having sex? Yeah. They were like, they won't have sex now. Um, They'll only have sex when they're married. Before okay. marriage, they won't, they won't, they but like this law only punished women. It didn't punish men. Mm. They weren't thinking oh, it'll stop men having sex. They were just thinking it'll stop women having sex. It's That's all insane. it was. So on June 14th, 1938, Mamie and her friend made a journey to Meath. With them was a two month old baby. Mamie was not inconspicuous and many people spotted her red car driving through the countryside. One such ban- bystander saw the car pass and as he turned to walk her home, he heard a noise. When he looked down, there was a baby. The man, James Stoney, 
uh, looked down and saw a tiny little baby wrapped in a blanket laying on the grass. When the guardie were called, the baby was found cold and shivering, mainly because James Stoney left the baby there to go to speak to a female neighbour and ask what he should do. And she was like, I don't know, didn't do anything. And eventually he called the guardie. So the baby was there for hours. Oh. While he was walking around going, oh, I don't know what to do. Motherfucker, ring the guards. Ring the guards. You dumbass. So the baby was taken to hospital and the guardie began questioning the locals. The red sports car was reported by nearly all of them. And the guardie in Meath spoke to the guardie in Dublin who were immediately aware that Mamie Cadden drove such a car. Like she wasn't, you know, very good at like hiding herself. Yeah. So when the guardie arrived at the nursing home to confront Mamie, she admitted that she had been in Meath the night before, but denied any knowledge of the abandoned baby. So I just have in parentheses, it's important to note that in the 1930s in Ireland, there had been a spate of babies found abandoned on roads in Ireland. Some babies were abandoned wrapped in old clothes or raggedy blankets, while other babies were wrapped in like really nice blankets and protected from the cold. Some believed it was Nurse Cadden who had been abandoning these babies on the back roads of Ireland for years. Oh. So this is just a speculation that they had. So they don't think the car that existed? Yeah, and they also don't think, like, it's so funny, they don't think that, like, um, you know, women themselves were just abandoning these kids because they couldn't have them. Yeah. Like, their brains were so uh, brainwashed by the Catholic Church. They were like, no, no woman would ever do that. So, uh, da, da, da. let me see. So, one month later in July, the Gardaí returned to the home to retrieve the record books. So, she would have a record of all the babies that were in the home. Okay. And when they checked the record books um, and then counted the babies, there was Mm. one child missing. (gasps) So the, yeah, the book had loose pages and it looked as if it had been tampered with. So on July 11th, the guardie arrested Mamie. She was brought to the Garda station and was put in front of an identity parade. Mamie had dyed her hair black since she allegedly abandoned the child, maybe hoping hoping the people in the identity parade who had seen her driving through Mead in her red sports car would not recognize her. So she was like, I'll just dye my hair black. Well done. And then they won't know it's me. Uh, So on July 13th, Mamie's case was brought before the courts. Initially, Mamie believed she was only being charged on one abandonment charge. However, Detective Sergeant Goff gave evidence in which he told the judge that they had been investigating a number of child abandonments throughout Dublin and the surrounding areas. And they believed Mamie Cadden to be fully responsible. Oh, well, like no no evidence evidence of this. They had... No evidence of this, but they did not like her. Mm. They were doing everything. Now, realistically, Sarah, she shouldn't have dumped a baby on the grass. No, <laughs> like, like 100%. That's really fucked up, boy. Like, and some family paid her to get that baby somewhere safe. And she drove through meat and fucked it out of the car. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up, man. And another person um, was with her. Yeah, her, like, apprentice. So she was like... So the two of them were in court. Off yeah, driving like, around dumping we're babies. Just gonna, we're just going to... F- dump this baby out I'll show you how to Um, dump a baby and do a good job yeah so on July 26th Mamie returned to court she had become front page news and journalists flocked the courtroom hoping to get a quote from her Mamie was remanded in custody until August and at this point Mamie's business and reputation was destroyed because everybody heard about it now just to note whilst Mamie was in jail babies continued to be abandoned in Dublin so clearly she was not the only person doing this yeah, like which obviously, obviously she was not the only person, but they the like guardian had couldn't get access to healthcare. Yeah, so the guardian had convinced himself this loud, brash woman that came 
you know, lived, lived, came from was my responsible for all the babies. Car, was responsible for all the babies, all of them, because they couldn't see past their nose to think there's other women here who are being raped, molested, or just getting pregnant and don't want, can't deal with having the child. Yeah, that's but the yeah. thing, right? You yeah. know, when we talk about this, like, not us, but when people talk about, like, abortion, or I was like, what about rape? And, what? and yeah, those things are awful. What about I just don't yeah. want to have a fucking baby? What about I don't want a baby? Like, what about I can't have a baby? What yeah. about I have four other babies? What like what about my like mental health the worst... would not be yeah. able to like what it's about like, like financially I'm just not capable yeah. of having a baby or, or it's I'm like just when you incredibly when... irresponsible. Yeah, I don't want this kid. Or it's like when you talk when people you see people talking to men about women being abused and they go, "Imagine it's your daughter." He shouldn't have to imagine it's his no. daughter. It's a human. Like like it's fucking crazy. Um, so in October of 1939, St. Malrowans was sold. So the entire nursing home was sold. Mamie's solicitor's fees were too high and the only way she could fund her trial was to sell her business. Sure, that's what they So want. Mamie's solicitor, yeah, Mamie's solicitor argued that the guardie had a vendetta against her and they wished to discredit Mamie. That she was a fair and kind woman who cared for her patients as well as their babies whilst not fucking the Medicars. Hmm. So the jury deliberated for one hour and found Mamie guilty. She was to spend one year of hard labour in Mountjoy Prison for the abandonment of a baby. What year was this? 1939. Mountjoy was open then? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. So whilst in Mountjoy, uh, Mamie was removed from the role of registered midwives and was banned from aiding women in childbirth. She basically just got her all her titles stripped from her. So one year later in 1940, upon leaving prison, Mamie, who had not learned anything, turned to administrating abortions again. Oh, okay. Uh, unwanted pregnancies were at an all-time high in Ireland at this point, and maybe Mamie knew she could make a lot of money. So this wasn't like, have you ever heard of Vera Drake? No. She's a woman in London who performed abortions for women free of charge, didn't charge them, just actively wanted to help women who were in bad positions and people were comparing comparing Mamie Cadden to her and then other people were like no she just knew that there was a lot of women getting pregnant and there was and money to be made yeah I mean it's kind of quid pro quo because it did help the women they got what they needed she got paid do you know what I mean so yeah but you know like there is that other own, side like of her it, goal like, wasn't to help women no not at all her goal was I see I see an opening in the market yeah <laughs> and I'm gonna make a fucking fortune and she did make a fortune like she made so much money so um, as I said the unwanted pregnancies are on all time high so Mamie set up her clinic this is the balls on this woman in Upper Pembroke Street oh so she was surrounded by wealthy doctors and private clinics and she was performing illegal abortions she advertised her services in a newspaper, the Dublin Evening, Evening Mail. However, it would take some time to decipher what she was actually advertising. But like, if you were looking for it, you'd know. So this is what the ad read. Nurse Cadden, 21 Pembroke Street Upper. Male, female ailments treated. Hand massage, enemas, etc. So apparently in the 1930s, people were obsessed with enemas. Yeah. Because a lot of people, because of the bad diets, they kept getting constipation. Yeah. So they were like, she was like, come and I'll pull your shit So the ad, short ad does not explicitly mention illegal abortion. It uses coded language. The phrase female ailments, for example, may have signified pregnancy to some women and treating female ailments may have been a code for giving abortion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in October 1944, this is, we're going to talk about the first girl, 20-year-old Ellen Thompson fell pregnant. 
Having a baby was not an option for Ellen. In fear of being sent to the Magdalene laundries, Ellen turned to Mamie Cadden's services. So Ellen rang the doorbell of number 21 Pembroke Street and a woman answered, introducing herself as Nurse Cadden. Mamie informed Ellen that she was three months pregnant. So Ellen was three months pregnant. She then inserted a sea tangle tent into her cervix. Watch that. So I had to Google what a sea tangle uh, tent is and I found people selling them. So basically, I'm going to, this is just a description from the UMass website. This is exactly what a sea tangle tent is. So devised in the mid 19th century, laminaria tents were used until the 1930s. Now they were only used until the 1930s. Bear in mind, this woman is still using them in 1944 because they were dangerous and not meant to be used. So to dilate a woman's cervix and induce labor or produce an abortion. They are made from pieces of the stem of seaweed or sea tangle uh, from Scotland. It's It's a plant called laminaria from Scotland. Dried out, the length of stem remains strong and elastic, but they shrink greatly. Inserted into a body cavity, they absorb moisture and swell to the original size. So basically, it just engulfs the fetus. Oh. So that's what she put inside of her. The procedure went as planned and Ellen left and travelled home. So she got it done. Bob's your uncle, Fanny Durant. The following Tuesday, Ellen began to feel incredibly unwell. When a doctor was called and Ellen was examined, the doctor realised what had happened and had rushed Ellen to hospital. Ellen was diagnosed with an inflammation of the abdominal wall. As the infection was so serious and Ellen could have died if untreated, and that I said in parentheses, and also because they knew she was inducing an abortion, the hospital contacted the Guardi. Yeah. So upon speaking to Ellen, the Guardi learned that Ellen had wanted an abortion and found Mamie's ad in a newspaper. When Mamie was interviewed by the Guardi, she told him that she treated venereal diseases. However, upon searching the basement, Mamie's abortion implements were found she was immediately arrested again oh. and brought back to Mountjoy Jesus maybe so Ellen doesn't give a shit y- yeah maybe doesn't give a fuck Ellen who was now facing charges herself as the abortion was illegal Aww. told the guardie whatever they needed and even pointed out Mamie in a lineup. Aww. Ellen was utterly terrified and she told the guardie basically whatever they wanted she was like they obviously were like to her, if you don't help us, you're going to jail. Yeah. And we're going to tell your family what happened and blah, 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 blah. We're She's gonna, 20 years old. Yeah, you'll be like done for murder. And we're going to ruin your life, basically. So during Mamie's trial, she insisted that she treated Ellen for an STD and not an abortion. Ellen stated vehemently that she went for an abortion and nothing else. Mamie was found guilty once again and in April 1945 was sentenced to five years penal servitude. Five years. Mm. Now, so for Ellen, Ellen told the guardie that she did not pay for Mamie's services up front and that she had found the ad in a two-year-old newspaper. Her story seemed slightly off as Mamie always took payment. Always. Yeah. Mamie would write a letter to her cousin from jail a little while after this, telling her that Ellen's employer had gotten her pregnant and attempted to abort the baby himself with a hat pin. When what? this didn't work, yep, when this didn't work, he brought Ellen to Mamie and paid her £45 for the procedure. So her boss, who was like nearly 60, got her pregnant when she found out, clearly raped her. When she found out he was pregnant, he tried to abort the baby with a fucking hat pin and then was like, that's not working and brought her up to Mamie. Because people were like, she found her ad in a two-year newspaper when she was lighting a fire. That doesn't sound real. A, yeah. and B, Mamie always took payment always like she was uh she was like you're not doing anything unless you pay me okay so you know 
which was a frequent thing with girl, these girls. She was a maid, so she worked in the house of like an upper class person. This happened yeah. all the time. This was a regular fucking occurrence. So Mamie was not the only abortionist in jail at this time. Dublin was well known to be a place where you could get a procedure, sorry, where you could uh, procure a termination if needs be. However, Catholic Ireland decided to stick its oar in and the clinics were all shut down one by one and the clinicians jailed. So they were like, we're getting rid of all of these people. So abandonment and infanticide became prominent in Ireland with women left with no choices. Jesus. So people were abandoning their babies and killing their kids because they're like, I can't do this. Yeah. At the age of 59... Mamie Cadden was released from prison and guess what? She did it again. Immediately resumed her trade. <laughs> <laughs> this time, this woman's a fucking headcase. This time in Hume Street near St. Stephen's Green. Because that's of her infamy, Mamie, area, she? she likes that. Oh, but yeah, that's the thing. It's all like who I am and, and like her entire, she's been in jail twice. Twice. And then she's like, I'm important and I'm very special and look at my hair. And it's like, bitch, no, everybody thinks you're crazy. But she was just so blinded by the fact that she wanted to be like this upper class person that she couldn't see it. Mm. So uh, because of her infamy, Mamie did not need to advertise. Women flocked to her tiny flat. So as soon as that woman got out of jail, I'm sure pregnant women were like, I'm going there immediately. Yeah. Mamie had aged and her eyesight was not what it used to be, mainly due to the darkness of five years in a prison. She also did not give a fuck. She regularly went to the Shelburne for drinks and continue to dress in furs and dye her hair a bright blonde. So she was just like, I don't care about any of you motherfuckers. I'm going to the Shelburne. And I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> All right. Mamie is having a great time. So, Br- is. so this is the second girl we're going to talk about. So Bridget Breslin, this is very sad, was a 33-year-old dancer in the Olympia Theatre. And she walked up the steps to Mamie's clinic with her boyfriend in 1951. Her boyfriend, a disgraced aristocrat, who was married having an affair with Bridget and also had another girlfriend, paid Mamie £20 to carry out the abortion on Bridget. So Bridget, yeah, Bridget laid on Mamie's table and a solution of water and Jay's fluid was injected into her womb. What? Yep. So this would separate the sack the baby was in. So basically she got that like one of those massive needles and she had to inject it into her womb and she had to stand there for like two hours slowly pushing water the solution into the into the into the girl's womb with no anesthetic bear in mind nothing and that it basically it, um the sack whatever this baby is in it moved away from the womb and the baby died so that was basically how she was doing abortions now so a few hours later bridget died on mamie's table air had gotten into the syringe and caused an embolism <gasps> could you imagine the, could you imagine the pain of that jesus so she was pushing in the air or pushing in the thing and then the air bubble got caught. Oh my God. And killed her. Mamie and Bridget's boyfriend carried Bridget's lifeless body down the steps, laid her on the pavement, pavement and left her there. He what? went home and Mamie went back upstairs. Yep. Just left her on the ground. The guardie investigated Mamie but could not gather enough evidence to prosecute her. So she just left, the, they just left this girl on the ground to die. She was dead, but they just left her dead body on the ground. And she Fuck. just went back upstairs and he went, and he went home to his wife. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Someone, yeah. So on April 17th, 1956, 33 year old Helen O'Reilly arrived at Mamie Cadden's tiny flat on Hume Street. Helen was married with six children, 
but her layabout husband, who couldn't keep a job, decided he did not want the responsibility of a wife and children anymore and abandoned them to move to Nigeria. Okay. I don't even know. So Helen was alone with no money because there was no social welfare then. She had nothing. And decided it would be best to give her children to religious institutions where she believed they would be taken care of. She gave up all her kids. So Helen desperately, desperately wanted to get her children back. And she knew the only way that she could do this would be to get a job and earn as much money as possible. So Helen's sister was living in Liverpool at the time. So her sister was like, come over, we'll get you a job. We'll save some money and we'll, we'll go get the kids. So Helen moved to Liverpool and she started to enjoy herself. Like she was only 33. She'd been pregnant since she was like 19. She'd never had a life. So she began going out, going to dances. She started dating a man and she fell pregnant. Mm. So at 33 year old, 33 years old with six children in care, Helen knew her only option would be to have an abortion. At 6.30 p.m. she arrived at Mamie's. Helen was now five months pregnant. Oh, it's very late to have an abortion. And yeah, Mamie began the procedure immediately. Helen had a syringe inserted and the solution injected into her womb. But once again, Mamie made a mistake and a large bubble of air got trapped, travelled into Helen's bloodstream and it killed her instantly. Why is Mamie constantly putting air inside of fucking syringes? Because she has arthritis and her ha- she's not able to grip the syringe properly. So you have to do it, I, I Google this, you have to do it at a steady, constant pace. And because of the pain in her hands, she kept kind of stopping and then the air would gather and then she was just pushing the air in. Fuck's sake. So that's what happened. As was Bridget Breslin's fate, so was Helen O'Reilly's. Her body was dragged down the steps and laid on the pavement with her coat over her. Mamie then went back upstairs and closed the door. In the exact same place? Yep. Helen's body lay on the cold ground until 5.30am the next morning when a local milkman found her. Helen's underwear lay tangled at her end of her feet. Jesus. What a fucking death. What a fucking death to get like. So the guardie were called and the scene was cordoned off. A large crowd had gathered with many of them saying they knew who had done this and they wanted her brought to justice. This is, listen to Mamie. Mamie's, at 8am, Mamie went outside to see what all the noise was about. What do you think the noise is about, Mamie? Jesus. The dead woman. And was met with dozens of people shouting, there she is, there's the murderer. She quickly hurried back inside. So they knew what she was doing. And obviously they didn't, I think a lot of them didn't say something because they were like, well, we know what she's doing and why she's doing it. But then when people started turning up dead on her doorstep... They were like, well, maybe we should say something. Mm. So the state pathologist who carried out Helen's autopsy confirmed that Helen had died from an embolism during an abortion procedure. Now, he did say that the abortion was done very well. Like that was his, that was what he said. He said it was done correctly. It's just whatever happened. And it's because of Mamie's ill health and her inability to like do what she's meant to do because she's got severe arthritis. That's what happened. So the guardie knocked on Mamie's door to question her about the body they had found. Mamie appeared shocked and she told them she knew nothing about it and that she herself was a frail old lady with arthritis. How could she possibly do something like this? So upon searching the flat, guardie found medical apparatus as well as Helen O'Reilly's name in a receipt book. Oh, like she's just... So the Guardi Technical Bureau searched Mamie's flat, hoping to find proof that Helen O'Reilly was in the property. I think he got proof when her name's in a receipt book. Yeah. Like, so whilst the Guardi did their job, Mamie went on a fucking mad one. She rang up newspapers. She's like, I want to talk to you. 
She was fanning, fanning the flames and making the public dislike her even more. So, a lot of people are like, Naomi's a feminist icon. I'm like, no, no, she's not. No, she's not. She's not, unfortunately. She said that the only reason people didn't like her was because they were jealous of how much money she had. Oh, God. She then went on to call, on to call the women who came to her for help whores. She sounds she like also a great t- person. Yeah, she's in, yeah. She also told Gardy that Helen O'Reilly had, quote, the mouth of a prostitute. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. A week later, Mamie was arrested and she charged with the murder She said all the things my mother O'Reilly. says about me. <laughs> the mouth of a prostitute. She's the mouth of a prostitute, uh, that one. So a week later, she was charged with murder. We're, we're, she was charged with murder. Uh, she was once again sent about joy. Third time lucky. Fuck's sake. Just as Conor Maguire proceeded over Mamie's trial. Now, this judge was one of the main judges that put all the abortionists in jail, so he was having none of her. Oh, Okay. At this, yeah, at this point, Helen's O'Reilly's death had become a national controversy. Ireland had become a country that believed women were to be defined as mothers. So, yes, De Valera wrote in that into the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. That their motherhood was the only truly viable and wanted goal for them. Catholic rhetoric had buried its way into the Irish consciousness and anything other than a woman wanting to be a mother was disgraceful and an act against God. This trial and Helen O'Reilly's death, a woman who had six children yet simply did not want any more, contradicted everything that was being force-fed to the Irish by the church. The idea of a woman making a choice for herself and another woman helping to enact this choice posed a massive threat to Irish national values. So as the trial started, the evidence was overwhelmingly against Mamie. Yeah. Blood and fingerprints were found in medical instruments that Mamie stated she did not use. Mamie's neighbours gave statements saying they heard dragging noises on the street the night of Helen's death. The state pathologist gave evidence that hairs belonging to Mamie had been found on Helen's clothes as well as her body. Now, that's not conclusive because this was like 19 Dickity 2 and they didn't have, yeah. you know, the means to test that. But he was just like, oh, it kind of looked like her hair. So, you know, the jury felt this enough evidence and that Helen had died from procuring an abortion. At 8.45 p.m., the jury of all men returned a verdict of guilty. Could women be on juries then? No. The judge then sentenced Mamie Cadden to death. What? She would be hanged on the 21st of November, 1956. What the fuck? yeah, I was shocked by this. So just a little thing on capital punishment in Ireland. So capital punishment of the Republic of Ireland was abo- abolished in statute law in 1990. Having been abolished in 1964 for, more, for most offences, including ordinary murder. The last to be executed was Michael Manning hanged for murder in 1954. We were hanging people in this country up to 1954. That's insane. Isn't that great? My mum was born two years after that. Like, that's insane. That, sorry, that's just from Wikipedia verbatim. So Mamie's team began their appeal, obviously. They cited misdirection from the judge. So basically what happened is the jury were like, we don't know what this is. Is this murder or is it manslaughter? Because she clearly did not mean to kill this woman. Yeah. It was an accident. So basically the jury came back to the, to the judge and were like, listen, can we say manslaughter? And he said, no. It's either guilty of murder or not guilty. So he wouldn't give them the choice of manslaughter. So he knew they weren't going to find her not guilty. So he was like, she's going to be found guilty and we're going to hang her. So that was his objective. So his, Mamie's team came back and were like, you did not give the jury the option of manslaughter. 
which to be technical is exactly what this is. Yeah. Mamie Cadden was not trying to kill these women. No. Mamie Cadden was trying to give these women abortions. Should she have been giving abortions in the state that she was in? Absolutely not. Should she have dumped their bodies at the bottom of the steps after they died to sit in the cold fucking overnight by themselves like dead? No, she shouldn't have done that. But if you want to get technical about the law, this was manslaughter. Yeah. So... It's not like, because I was thinking then, I was thinking about Dr. Death and I was like, no, Dr. Death is so different because that chap wasn't a doctor. <laughs> He's just a fucking crazy person. Yeah. Because she knew she could do these procedures. She was trained to do these procedures and even the state pathologist was like, this abortion was done properly. It's just unfortunate what happened and it's horrible, but she was doing it properly. Yeah. So, you know. So Mamie's team spoke to various members of the government to request a reprieve for Mamie. Only one senator agreed to do this. Mamie's lawyer also wrote a letter to the government stating Mamie was, quote, of abnormal mentality and then attached 70 signatures to the letters from different people asking that Mamie not be hanged. So they were like, listen, if she's to go to jail for the rest of her life, fine, even though they didn't believe she should have had to, but please don't hang her. Yeah. You know. So on January 4th, the government granted a reprieve and Mary would not hang. I mean, her name is Mary Ann. Sorry, so I'm calling Mary. She would spend the rest of her life in penal servitude. So in 1958, however, for some reason, we don't know why, Mamie was declared insane and moved to the Dundrum Criminal Lunatic Asylum. That's what it was called. I'm not saying that, that that's the correct term, but that's what it was called. So all her files, all the files about Mamie were lost. They don't know where they're gone. They can't find them. So any information as to why she was moved to this asylum, nobody knows. It's a complete mystery. Um, so her transfer remains a mystery as nobody knows why she was declared insane. Some speculate that she was ill and would not live much longer, whilst others believed her cantankerous nature was too much for the staff at Mount Joy, so they asked for her to be moved. Oh. So I don't know. So on the 20th of April, 1959, Mamie Cadden passed away from natural causes at the age of 68. Mamie Cadden was everything the Irish Catholic institution hated. A single, independent, strong-willed woman who stood up for what she believed in. She was materialistic and flamboyant. She was loud and told a packed courtroom that she did not want the Lord to save her soul as she was not a Catholic. Mm. So the judge, when he sentenced her to that, was like, may the Lord save your soul. And she's like, I'm not a Catholic. <gasps> so here hers is a, yeah so she said to him Fucking hers is a story rock baby yeah she didn't give a fuck so hers is a story of a woman at a time when her services were needed but is also a story of a woman who honored money more than the lives of babies and the safety of the women she performed operations on a woman who knew her hands and eyes could no longer do what she needed them to do then disposed of her patients like garbage in the street hers is a complex story but it has to be asked, would there ever, ever had been need for a, Mary, a, a Mamie Cadden if Irish women had the rights they deserved? And truly the blood is on Mamie's hands, but it is also on the Catholic churches. Yeah, honesty. So that is the story, the crazy story of Irish abortionist Mary, Mamie Cadden. And how it's a very, it's a very complex story. That's what I liked about it because you can't just go, oh yeah, she's a feminist. Because I well, don't think that's feminist. why Mamie was... Well, like, no, that's not why Mamie was doing it. No, like, Ma- she, might Mamie, be, in, in, she might be a feminist in the fact was, that she was quite outspoken and believed in, like, her right yeah. to be who she wanted to be. Yeah. And, like, and have her money fuck, and like, have access to education. And yeah. all of that makes her a feminist. But yeah. 
to use that privilege to then extort money out of women yeah. for a service that at that point is like honestly detrimental to their lives yeah and also and like she was not she was good at what she did yeah yeah but and then she was good herself. at what she did but then she wasn't exactly she yeah. wasn't like she got to a point where she knew she couldn't do these things but she was so obsessed with making money and she was like i can't practice nursing anywhere because i've been stricken from the from the you know registrar so she thought what i'm going to do is i'm going to give back alley abortions to women and i can't see properly and my hands don't work and there are two things you really need to perform abortions yeah like three women three women died under her remit you know as I said, I under no circumstances think she meant to do it. I don't think maybe meant to kill those women at all. But unfortunately, they did die. Um, and this, she should not have had to exist. Mamie Cadden should not have been a thing. That should not have happened. And this is a an ex- perfect example of, you know, cause and effect. Mm. The Catholic Church took everything from women and they were left with this one thing that they could do, which was like, go to a fucking back alley clinic and get an abortion. Potentially that could kill them. So it's crazy to think that then from like then up until a couple of years ago, you couldn't get abortions. In this country. Yeah, it's insane. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, I just thought she, I found her a really fucking interesting figure. And then the guy, Ray Kavanagh, who wrote that book, uh, when I tell you he wants to write her. Oh, Jesus. Oh, he's obsessed with her. He's like, her beautiful, flowing, blonde hair. She was a beauty. And then I looked at a picture of her and I was like, calm down, Ray. What did she look like? She looks like a woman. Like she, <laughs> she looked like a woman in the forties. Like she was pretty. Don't get me wrong, but like I was like, calm down, right? He he just wrote this entire story of how like she was hard done by and how it was, you know, kind of he he sided with her a lot more than I personally would because, you know, you have to be, you like she knew she couldn't perform these things properly, and she was actively doing it. She could have just got a, sh- a job in a shop, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but she knew there was a market opened because they banned anything to do with sex education and abortion and women's rights. So she was like, "Where's the market? There's the market. There's the gap in the market. There, I'm going to make as much money as I can off these poor women," which she did. You know, girl boss, girl boss. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, that's the story of girl boss. Cadden. Girl boss gaslight. Um, but I just, I, I just thought it was really interesting. I thought she was, and it's like that thing where it's like people are calling her a murderer, and I'm like. I don't think she's a murderer. I don't. Yeah. I, I think this is absolutely manslaughter. Like 1000%. I mean, I'm sure if it was one of my family members, I'd be like, you're a fucking murderer. But, you know, if you want to get particular about phrasing, you know, I don't, I don't think she actively meant to murder these people. I think it was very, very sad and very unfortunate. But yes, that is the story of Mamie Cadden. There's a play about her. Is there? I see a play about her. Who yeah, plays her in the play? Sure called, but no idea. I didn't Google it, but I know that they started a play about her. And then people were like, why are you making a play about her? And I'm like, because it's an in- fucking interesting subject. It's a really interesting It's subject. fascinating. And it also is part of our history. And it is part of the fucking what the Catholic Church did to this country. And she only exists because of what they fucking did. So you need to talk about it. But yes, that's my story. Done. Here, May Make Hadden, I'm telling you now, was not beautiful. <laughs> did you Google her? Did I Google her? She's fucking... <laughs> Did you get his, did her, um, did her, uh, what you call a pick come up her, her perp pick? Fuck yeah, from, she's, from, from she looks like the fucking bad guy from the bodyguard. You know the bad, the, she does, and then, yes, 
And then Ray Kavanaugh was like, she's so beautiful. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. I wonder if there's <laughs> a younger picture of her. Maybe I'm just like, maybe that's there a bad be, picture. Yeah. Well, no, that's 1938. Is she doing that? <laughs> she's not old, like. She's, um, the years yeah, have not been kind. It, I think... No, they've not been. I would say to everybody, if you can get a chance, read up on her because she's fucking fascinating. And also removing the whole, you know, people died uh, aspect of it, which is, I don't want to remove it, but like she did not give a fuck and they hated her for it. Like her, because obviously Ireland was destitute at that point. Like nobody had any money. This one was riding around in a a red car with the top down (laughs) in furs. Like, and when they brought her to take her picture the first time she was arrested, she arrived in like a fur coat. I fucking love it. Like, you know, she's in a fur coat in this picture I'm looking at. Yeah, she didn't give a fiddler's fuck. Um, but you can get, you can not give a fiddler's fuck and not, uh, you know, kill three people. Well, do you know what? The younger pictures of her, she's actually like, she's, well, she's not, no, like, but she's better looking than her poor (laughs) picture. Like, um, but it's mad because she went to Mount Joy three times and every time she was released she was like back I go yeah that's insane back I go gonna, gonna rent a flat up in St. Stephen's Green where she got the money to rent these flats I I don't know yeah. um, but yeah oh she was also arrested for a fourth time for sending a threatening letter to her landlord <laughs> because her landlord wanted to increase the rent and she wrote like a really threatening letter to him so you know Mamie Mamie's just living her Come best on, life Mamie. right Mamie just calm down, maybe. And I love the, the the idea that they couldn't listen to her in Mount Joy, so they sent her to a Dundrum institution. They're like, we can't listen to her anymore. <laughs> yeah, I looked at her and we're like, we've had enough of this bitch. If I went to prison, that would absolutely happen to me. Yeah, they were like, just put her in the institution. We can't do her anymore. Just fucking had enough of Sarah Jane and Cell 7. Is there anywhere else we can put yeah. her? And I'd be like, you put me nowhere. You put me nowhere. You put me fucking nowhere. Do you know who my sister <laughs> <Yes>. is? <laughs> <laughs> but like, also like, they said that when she was in the court, she kept like shouting at people and stuff. Like she was like, roaring and shouting in the court. And she was just like, really, really rude. And was like, and in the letter to her landlord, she was like, I'll stab him. I don't give a damn, I'll stab him. And then just wrote, yours, Mamie, and sent it. Like, she's no, crazy. No, she's crazy. crazy. <laughs> crazy um, but yeah as I said I, I think everybody should read up on the El Mamie Cadden have an look and see what you think and also I want people's opinions on this because it's very fraught people are like she's a feminist and then people are like she's not a feminist and then people are like she's a murderer and then other people are like technically she's not a murderer yeah. you know so I technically know. she's not technically she's not but yeah you know? it's, very, it's very messed up and it's easy for us to say that but if we were the family of those women I'm sure although I'm sure none of them pretended to know who those women were no, that's because the thing. They were in getting abortions. So they were like, just script that. But that motherfucker that left his wife with six kids and fucked off to Nigeria. Nigeria! Sherlock. Just go to Cork. Like, what are you doing? It's not that far away. Uh, yeah. That's my story, friends. We're all done. That's the story. We did a very good week. job. And Sorry. I've never heard this story ever before. Yes. What were you saying, Sarah? I heard it years ago. And then when I, when I was, I heard it years ago. I read it in a book years ago. And then I was Googling today because I was going to do a different one. And then, um, uh, there was a thing popped up where it was like, you know, uh, abortionists in Ireland. And I was like, oh my God, maybe Cadden. So I was like, definitely doing that. No, I let you go, Sarah. You sound absolutely exhausted. I know. My voice is gone. I'm crying. Go to bed. Um, we let you go to bed. I've now, how many hours is this now? This is an hour and 25 minutes. No, no, no. I mean, how many hours have I been awake? 
Oh, Jesus. Fucking a lot. Go to bed. 10, 10 12. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I've been awake a ridiculous bed, amount of time. Um, yeah. That was a really good Go story. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yay. I'm glad. I like telling stories. And then next week, you tell me a story. Yeah, I will. I'll tell you a story. All right, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, everybody. Happy Christmas. Bye, everybody. Happy Christmas. Have a nice week. Don't read anything awful like I'm currently doing. And enjoy your week. Bye, everybody. I was doing next to nothing about a year ago But Sarah Jane and Emma came and knocking on my door Said they'd figured out a better way to pass the time Do a little podcast, researching through crime They wanted hoodies, cats and bees The kind of place where men are not allowed They wanted hoodies, cats and bees On Sunday night Sarah Jane would come around Lay a story down And just about when everything was going as planned Sarah Jane and Emma started making demands You're gonna have to edit out for what we said And I'll only record if we're sitting on a bed Oodies, cats and peas Supply of Jenny Glow, they wanted Oodies, cats and bees Homicide, some army hammer jokes And a song to end the show Oodies, cats and bees